Hello and welcome back to the Artist Sanctuary with Whitney Morrison, where we gain clarity and inspiration as we explore the heart, mind, and soul of being an artist. I am your host, Whitney Morrison. I am a singer, a recent alum of the Lyric Opera of Chicago's Ryan Opera Center. I am an emerging artist, a music minister, a thought leader, speaker, and an arts and artist advocate. And I am here once again to be your companion as we take this journey together toward honing our why we do what we do, and allowing it to inform our lives as artists. Today, the title of what we're talking about is called Mind Your Apples. <laughs> Mind Your Apples. We're talking about comparison today and my journey to undo some of it that has gotten a little stronger <laughs> during the pandemic. So before we dive in, we're going to do a bit of a meditation or a prayer. And if you don't do any of that in your own time, that's okay because I will. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's in everyone. <sighs> Amen. That uh, quote comes to us from Marianne Williamson. Housekeeping. The application for the Budding Artist Offering Grant is now open and available. Please find the link in the description of this episode. So today we're talking about mind your apples. Mind your apples. Like, what is that about? <laughs> so I made it up like I often do. I make stuff up. Um, but I call it mind your apples because we're talking about comparison. And the way I generally view comparison is modeled in the title, right? So I've taken two sayings, mind your business, or you know how we used to say in the nineties, mind your beeswax. <laughs> and then, um, you're comparing, it's like comparing apples and oranges, right? So anytime I find myself comparing myself to anybody else or see people comparing things that just doesn't make sense or that don't make sense, um, it's all encompassed in this idea of mind your apples, that whatever our business is, whatever we're good at, whatever we have, is not comparable really to anybody else. And so we should figure out how to focus on um, our stuff and not somebody else's. <laughs> so it comes up because in general, I had planned to talk about this, but I didn't realize how, uh, how much I would need it in this time. I mean, in general, I have to admit, that I'm a competitive person. <laughs> if you've ever seen me at a game night, I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets kind of bad. You know, they talk about me, but you know, it's all in good fun. As long as it just really doesn't matter and it's just games, you know, my feelings might get a little hurt if I lose and I might be a little bit of a sore winner if I win, but you know, it makes everything fun. <laughs> general I try to be like a real genuine person and be happy for people and all that good stuff but 
it's not always as easy as I would like to pretend it is because I find myself comparing. And especially, you know, during these times, I typically have more of a life outside of my home and outside of social media. But, you know, due to this pandemic, it's so easy to kind of just get locked in to the scroll, which is designed um, for comparison. And so I'm just like, whew, I need to revisit this and um, have my little come to Jesus moment because I I be struggling sometimes. (laughs) But I realize when I have these times when, you know, I want to be, you know, really enthusiastic about other people and then I just have this feeling and I'm like, "Mm -mm, what is this? And so in this time, I revisited a series that really has informed my perspective on this topic, which is called Comparison Trap by Andy Stanley. And I think it's called the North Point Church or uh, Your Move, uh, Ministry Your Move. Um, And it's an incredible series. I highly recommend you watch it. Even if you're not a Christian or a, you know, God person, Jesus person, um, it really can be helpful because it's like, you know, personal development, you know, Ted talk ish, you know, so <laughs> he is a preacher. He is a pastor, but he's pretty, you know, for everybody and says it. So that's kind of where I get a lot of this from. Like if you're a God person, if you're a Jesus person, you know, or if you're not, you'd be all right. <laughs> he talks about in this, uh, in the series about that ugly part of us that struggles sometimes when other people are doing well and has this little bit of glee when other people aren't doing so well. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, I can't be doing that. And I've realized that all of that is not about anybody else or whether, or whether or not I'm actually even happy for them or not happy for them. It's about my own insecurity. And so hopefully we can talk about that. And, and through this preparation process for this episode, I've really, feel like I've made some, some real strides. And so I'm really glad to be doing this for more than one reason. Um, not just to share with you all, but to enrich my own journey. So let's get into the anchor quote. And it's a very short one and we'll have to talk about it, but, uh, it says personality begins where comparison ends. And I take that, I add a little bit to that, especially because this is the artist sanctuary. Artistic personality begins (laughs) where comparison ends. And that's by Carl Lagerfeld. And I struggle whether or not to put that in there because, you know, although the idea is solid, he didn't always live by that principle in order to, you know, make space for other people who are, who weren't like him. So, um, yeah, I struggle with that, but the idea is solid. So we'll just deal with that and we'll let the person, you know, rest however he rested. Amen. Um, y'all out of all of the quotes I read on comparison, that one really grabbed me because artistically I'm so interested in being interesting and unique. And sometimes I get really frustrated when, um, 
when my performances or I see performances that are just like blah and divested of any real personal touch. I don't know. I, I, I really want us all to be able to bring that fire, bring that, that itness to every, um, performance. And I think this comparison is kind of at the root of it, because if we need to be like everybody else, then we just a poor bootleg version of them as opposed to the original that we're supposed to be. Right. So, um, I think about like Glenn Gould, if you don't know him, he's a pianist. And I mean, that man was weird, but when you hear his recordings, you just know it's him, the articulation and quite frankly, the humming, (laughs) the humming and the recordings, you know, it's him, but it's just like all of his recordings that I've heard and I've seen really have his like thumbprint on them, really have his mark on them. Um, And I think that's important. And I also think about Brandy, um, the singer Brandy, you know, uh, baby, baby, Mm, 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 whatever. I can't think of nothing she was saying, but you know, black Cinderella, she was saying how so many people, you know, they call her vocal Bible. You know, if you know anything about like R&B, you know, lyric, I mean, R&B singing and you know, that style of singing, you know, a lot of people refer to her as the vocal Bible. And I remember hearing her on, uh, on an interview or something she was talking about saying that she has a hard time singing like her because everybody else is copying her. It's like, she's not an original because everybody is sounding the same because they all sounded like her. It ought not be so it ought not be. So everybody bootlegging her. It's going to be a no for me, dog. But I think we got to figure out how to um, how to be secure enough in ourselves and how to have that artistic personality. And that, I think, comes with stopping the comparison. One idea that has helped me process through all of this and that has moved me deeply Um, has come from my study and spiritual walk. I sometimes with my church group, we kind of, um, pass around (laughs) the opportunity to share or to facilitate. And so the last time I think, or maybe two times ago, I shared something that actually came to me on a walk and, um, it has really informed my thinking and my perspective around this topic. And so it's the concept of God, not just as a creator, but as a creative, like us, you know, as an artist, right? And if I think about God as a creative and as an artist, and based on what I believe about God, that if God is an artist, if God is a creator, then God is a perfect artist. Like God ain't practicing, you know, like God got it already. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like we trying to get our skills up. It's all there. And so if there's a perfect God who's a perfect creative, right. Then what, why would that God create? If there are no donors, if there's no conductor, you know, if there aren't these people, no coaches, then what does God create? And why does God create? you know? And I said, Hmm, why would that be? And I thought of two reasons. 
I go back to the Robert Frost quote that we did a few episodes ago. Um, I misquoted it a little bit. Robert Frost said, all great things are done for their own sake. And I said, all great things are created for their own sake. It's, it's still pretty much his idea. So I still would like to give him credit, but um, just a little bit of difference in the verb there. But to think that God would create me because God thought I should exist is like earth shattering to me in the best way. Right. Um, and to think also, so that God would create things because God thought they could, that God thought they should exist. Right. But also that God would create to express God's self. What would be the implication for you, for me, if we thought our being right was God's self-expression, a masterpiece, something that God didn't miss on, but that God was intentional to make that way because God thought you should exist. God thought I should exist. Now, if you don't believe in God, you know, that's up to you, you know, but for me, even if it was not true, even if it wasn't true, I would want it to be true because how beautiful is that, that the one who could call into existence, everything would blow his breath into us and allow us to be an expression of God's self. I think it's such a beautiful idea. And, um, and what I believe is a beautiful truth. So yeah. And when I think about being God's masterpiece, being God's creation, perfect creation, how dare I like compare that to anything, anything. Cause if God made all these different things, they all got their own purpose, right? I made that for its own sake. And I made this for its own sake. And when I think about God as a creative, I also think of God as kind of like an engineer and that God has made us for specific purposes. But when we compare, a lot of times we compare ourselves based on what we can't do. We compare ourselves, um, based on our weaknesses. And a lot of times we compare our weaknesses to somebody's strength. And it's like, we don't do that with anything else. Like... I don't think about my computer and it's like, man, my computer can't walk. That sounds ridiculous. A computer is not designed to walk. A computer is designed to do a whole lot of other things, compute among, <laughs> among the major things, not walk. Like that doesn't make sense, right? Or when you think about a drinking glass, Oh man, I'm so mad that this drinking glass can't hold up my TV, right? That's random. But to me, that's how ridiculous it sounds to me for us to continue to compare ourselves or to measure ourselves by what we don't do well, especially if we are created for a specific purpose. But even those are things, right? We are people. <laughs> we are people like... And this commodification of people, of talent, really is, it really does a doozy on us. So, I mean, it's not even always our fault, especially in the arts. It's just like, you know, we have two sopranos that sing the same rep. Oh, well, you know, we just kind of choose one because it's the same thing. Absolutely not. It's like 
treating people like things and we're not like if, if a glass breaks, right? We drop it to the floor. It breaks. You sweep it up, throw it out. It's not a huge deal. I mean, you know, you could try to recycle some of it, but generally you can toss it away. If a person is injured, we don't think we throw the person away. That's crazy because we're not things. We're not things. Um, but so many times we are taught that and in the society is really, really bad. Um, really bad. But I love the way Peter Senge talks about it. He's like the idea that people are interchangeable assets is going to change. And he goes on to say, uh, because it's becoming increasingly apparent that our traditional authoritarian hierarchical business organizations fail to tap the capacity of people. Why? Because you're treating them like stuff, right? But we aren't stuff. And so it's so easy to get caught up into that commodification, especially as singers, right? Especially as singers. But in order for us to really have that personality <laughs> that is important to a real artist to have our, you know, unique stamp on things, we have to begin to remove ourselves from that comparison, from that commodification, um, because it's important for us to be different. And if people want to treat me like a thing, that's their business, but I won't. You know, y'all event said, she said, comparison is an insult to the self. Okay. So if you want to treat me like a thing, that's your business, but I won't act like one. Okay. Um, and I love what Charles Blow, uh, who's the writer of fire shut up in my bones, what he attributed to Tony Morrison and, it is based on racism, right? But I feel the same way about comparison. So she talks about racism's primary function is distraction. It is trying to get people to justify and qualify things that have no need to be justified or qualified. Like, you know, ain't nothing wrong with my hair, but I'm spending all of this, you know, time and energy trying to make sure it's acceptable, da, 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 da. And it is distracting me from doing my real work to contribute <laughs> to, to life, right? And um, he felt that way about his um, personal identity and his bisexuality. He's like, you know, if y'all don't understand gender fluidity, whatever, or, you know, sexual flu fluidity, whatever, but you know, I'm not going to be distracted by that. And, um, I see comparison the same way. Like it is to distract you from doing your actual work. Like the more time I spend thinking about what somebody else is doing is the amount of time that I am not spending worrying about what I'm doing. And honestly, I can't afford that. My time is my life. Okay. So I ain't got time for, uh, to be worried about nobody else. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I think it serves us best to think of ourselves and others as one of a kind masterpieces, um, that cannot be well compared to other things with its own, with, with our own strengths that should be, that should be championed and celebrated as opposed to compared and picked apart, um, 
in comparison to something else. Um, and the last major part I want to talk about is just the real nitty gritty of it. At the end of the day, you, we have no opportunity to do something just as somebody else has done it, to be something just as someone else has done it. Anything we are going to do and be in this life, we're going to have to do it as ourselves. <laughs> and that sounds kind of like weird, but it's just like, oh, if I were them or if I had this, first of all, if you had this, you wouldn't have it like they would have it. Cause as soon as you touch it, it is changed. It has your fingerprint on it. You know what I mean? As soon as you do it, it is a translation because you're just a totally different person. I'm just a totally different person altogether. And so really it's just like, okay, I don't even have the opportunity for that. So I might as well, you know, get with the program. <laughs> uh, and I love what, uh, what's the guy's name? Jay Shetty, I think is his name. He's the one who um, lived as a monk for a while. And now he's like a motivational speaker. And, you know, I've seen him on the Red Table Talk. Um, but he was talking about comparison. I listened to his podcast. And he was talking about um, Einstein how he failed a French test or, um, JK Rowling who struggled all the time with organization and, um, Dennis Rodman, who wasn't necessarily the best shooter. If they had, if Dennis Rodman spent all his time focused on shooting, if JK Rowling spent all her time focused on organization and, uh, Einstein spent all his time focused on, um, French honey, what's the point of that? Like they were designed to do specific things. They had strengths in different, uh, in different areas. So I'm glad that Einstein figured out that he needed to lean into the science and not the French. Okay. Not as much that JK Rowling decided, okay, I can still be a writer, even though my organization is not, you know, a one or, you know, Robin, when you think Robin, you think rebound, like, you know, like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Because all we're going to do, if we're thinking about being somebody else, it's going to be a bootleg. Why are you going to be a bootleg somebody else when you could be a real original? Okay. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, this is just really simple. Um, but I'm hoping we can commit to minding our apples because that's really what it is anyway, that there is no real comparison between us and, and anybody else. And, um, and if we are indeed that expression of God, that God, what was inside God came out and it was us because God thought it should exist. What can you compare that to? Absolutely nothing. Thing. Absolutely nothing. Um, and so I'm hoping we can find a way. And I think a lot of us do. I think social media is really encouraging um, because we do such a good job of really encouraging people. Right. But I think we can do it even more. So if you can't beat them or if you're not going to compare yourself to them, be inspired by them. Right. I love that. Like, it's not that we can't look at other people, but when we look at them, let's be inspired. Let's look to find the best in them. You know, um, for me, when I'm at my best, I'm looking for people at their best. I'm looking for the best in that performance. I'm looking for the best in whatever I'm seeing. And when I'm insecure, that's when I start getting nitpicky and, um, and cuckoo. <laughs> 
that is part of my, of my challenge to you and of my own renewed, um, dedication for the way I see other people. So y'all let's mind our apples. And then I call this other one, um, respect the gallery, right? If we're all God's masterpieces, let's, uh, support and congratulate out loud. Let's, um, Let's be inspired by other people. Let's pull other people up because sometimes, you know, people get off on being better than somebody else. But first of all, whoever you think you're better than, better than you can learn from. But also learning how to be generous with what we, with what we have seeing people's potential. Like, oh, I think you're fabulous. How can I help you? You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, let's respect the gallery. And so I just have one other thought. Um, I like to think about the stars, right? They all shine bright and they shine brightly together. So, uh, I'm in the Midwest. I'm from Chicago. And so I've seen stars out at night, you know, here, but it's not really that bright. But when I went to, was it Hilton Head? I went outside in the middle of the night and I just looked up and the stars were so big and were so bright. And my little cousin went out there. She's like, it looks like they're coming for us. And I'm like, who are they? You talking about? And they're like, they're coming to get us. Who are they? Are you talking about the stars? Right? But they're so plenteous and so bright. And some of them shine a little brighter, seem a little bigger, you know, depending on how close or far they are. Um, or just the, the general size of them. But it doesn't matter. And for me, I think about artists as stars, right? That unless we think we the sun, we're going to have to learn <laughs> how to really coexist and shine with other artists and do it well. Um, and when I think about these stars, it seems like they're so close together because they shine so much, but they all have enough space, right? They're so far apart. They have enough space. There is enough space for each star. And so I don't know. I really enjoy thinking about that when I think about fellow artists and when I'm tempted to compare. Um, and so even with that, this abundance of space, um, I am even more dedicated now to have a mindset toward abundance, right? And, um, the opposite of abundance is scarcity and scarcity, you know, they use the pie analogy. Scarcity is that, you know, if you have a piece of the pie, if you have half the pie, then it's only a half of the pie left for us to, you know, for us to share. Right. And so it's like, no, you can't have all of that. Cause you know, we need to, <laughs> we need to, you know, split it around. Um, and a lot of times black artists are, kind of put in that category because of the scarcity of opportunities. I was listening to, or I am listening to Cicely Tyson's Just As I Am. Highly recommend, highly recommend. She was like such a church girl and like so not an actress for a long time. It's so interesting. So I highly recommend that. But um, she and Diana Ross were up for an Oscar in the same year. And there were other people in that category, but somehow they wanted to make it like, the two black women should be at odds or should be, you know, enemies in that in some way. And she's like, first of all, 
it's hard enough to be black and breathe. I don't need nothing else. <laughs> nothing else on my plate. And hey, just because we dominate in the same category don't mean we, we anything but colleagues. And so I really appreciated that because it's so easy to get that scarcity mindset, especially as black people, as black singers. Um, but I really do believe in abundance. That it's not just one little pie, but that there's enough flour and sugar and fruit to make as big of a pie as we need to nourish ourselves and to enjoy. And so um, I'm hoping you will accept this challenge to mind your apples and to honor the gallery um, of beautiful artists um, and people around us. And so um, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and um, to apply for the uh, budding artist offering grant, uh, apply for them so that we can get those funds to you. And so until next time, let us do our benediction. May we live in wholeness. May we give from fullness. May we create with passion. Love y'all. Until next time. Peace.